Moonstruck with Clark and Alyssa. <laughs> no more Quidditch. We made it through. No more Quidditch. I mean, there's some Quidditch in these chapters. <laughs> there's there's some Quidditch. There's some Quidditch in these chapters. <laughs> it's not as much. It's not the World Cup. It's <laughs> amateur backyard Quidditch. Uh, it's, it's good though. It's pickup Quidditch. <laughs> pickup Quidditch, which sounds even more dangerous, but that's okay. Um, even worse in quality. <laughs> even worse. Yeah, it's. Uh, they didn't get. I, I honestly think my eyes glazed over because I don't remember that part of the chapter very well. And I just read it today. It was very brief. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel a little better. It was, it was a, I'm, we're having a tough conversation, but don't worry. I told an adult. So let's go play Quidditch. Oh yeah. And Hermione's like, boys, boys. Well, was, for those of you. It was very needed, needed some sitcom. Wah, wah. Yeah. After it. We need a laugh track for sure. <laughs> Well, for those of you just tuning in, I'm Clark. That's Alyssa. Hi. We're talking about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Specifically, chapters, chapters 9, nine and, 10. and 10. Woo! It's not the Triwizard Tournament yet, but that's okay. I'm so excited for that. I don't know what it is, but I'm very excited <laughs> for it. Uh, so what happened in chapter 9? Um, In chapter 9, which is titled the dark mark Mm. the group wakes up to chaos at the campsite and death eaters are terrorizing the camp and the trio heads into the woods to stay out of trouble but they end up right in the wood where someone conjures the dark mark using harry's wand which is a pretty messed up thing to do I mean, really, of all the wands using Harry's wand. Of all the wands in all the towns in all the world, Hmm. you choose Harry Potter's. (laughs) I mean, that had to be coincidence, right? sweet, sweet phoenix feather. (laughs) (laughs) They can just sense it. Yeah. I wonder if it was coincidence that it was Harry's wand. What do you think? Well, so he notices it missing in the woods. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder when it went missing. When do you think it actually went missing? Bagman. You think it was Bagman? Bagman, yeah. Bagman's definitely like, of the suspicious people, Bagman is on the top of the list. Okay. For sure. Okay. Uh-huh. So like, when was the last time they saw Bagman? In the box? Mm, what, in the box? What? In in their box seats? That was was that the last no, time? No, they no, were... no, no. Bigman ran out of the forest and he's like, what, what what's happening? And they're like, there's like a riot going on, and he's like, uh I think Harry's wand was missing before then. Mm-mm-mm. Well, okay. So the definitive answer is he has run into both Malfoy and the, the French girl. French girl. From Beaubaton. Beaubaton. <laughs> So those are the two people he's run into. So maybe not Bagman then. Hmm. Or maybe Bagman and then he just reappears. Yeah, could be. Hmm. Well, that was my theory, but Bagman doesn't come on for another page. So, hmm. I don't know. Um, so you're going to fall for the old, the old gambit? Was it Malfoy? Was it Malfoy? Was it Malfoy? Uh, it's, it's, I mean... Malfoy's probably Voldemort. <laughs> Suddenly Voldemort. <laughs> Suddenly Voldemort. I don't know. I don't think it was Malfoy because he would have held on to it. 
Um, no, I, hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe he could have seen a drop and been like, I know what I'll do that'll really throw this into a tizzy and cast it and run away. But that would require him knowing the spell, which he very well might. So uh, I'll definitely keep him on the table as a possibility. I don't see why not. There's nothing ruling him out. Uh, It could also be, oh, Mitzi. What's its name? Shoot. Mitzi. Not Mitzi. Oh, no. The house elf? Yeah. Winky. Winky. Oh, yeah. Teletubbies. We're back on this grind. (laughs) I forgot about that. Could have been Winky. Um, This, (laughs) did this chapter get preachy? Is that what I was sensing? Or was it, this this got real heavy into the rights of, of house elves. I'm not sure it was this chapter. It might have been next chapter. But okay. either way, some preaching has occurred. Yeah. I mean, Hermione definitely tries to get into it, but they're like in the middle of a forest and they're like, she's, not now, Hermione. And she's like trying to dress down some real mm-hmm. powerful people in the ministry. And they're like, but dark mark. Like, yeah. now is not the time to have a deeper discussion of magical creature rights. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. they're probably right at the same time. I like. I get Hermione having a little bit of tunnel vision. I I get that. Yeah, she's kind of known for that too. Yeah, there's there's a lot of conversation between people, which usually we get little bits of, but usually the narrator is pretty quick to kind of jump in and sum things up. But this time we got to see a lot of the back and forth. We did, but at the same time, it didn't feel too expositiony. I no, think, no. I think because so many different factions were filling each other in about what was going on over here and mm-hmm. that it like it made sense that that group wouldn't know the things that this group just experienced. Yeah, yeah. They do need to be told. They have old information and they think they're looking for this and that's not right and and so like all yeah. of that felt really natural to me. And then there was another part, I forget which part. I think when Mr. When they got home and Mr. Weasley told Mrs. Weasley what happened or when the trio got back and they told Fred and George and Ginny, some, someone reported back back, and and it was one sentence of they, they relayed everything that had happened. And I was like, thank you for not summing it up. You did not have to, and you didn't. And I am so glad we are seeing in these chapters, what rolling wasn't capable of a few books ago i mean really like there was a reason that she would use all these shortcuts and she would avoid long conversations between multiple characters like this it's hard it's hard to do it's hard to retain their tone and for you to remember who's talking and why that matters and make it compelling enough that it's worth them saying it and not the narrator saying it i think this is hard and now she's doing it because she can and it works better in this context and it and it works to forward the plot. Yeah, yeah. Something that surprised me about this interaction in the woods with all these ministry people, though, was how trigger happy they were, and how oh, like yeah, like they were out f- with comp- confirmation biases. And oh yeah, it's just surprising to me that these people in this high of position aren't able to take half a step away. And realize until like like Amos Diggory was the worst offender who is accused who what was it 
uh, I think it's Crouch who finally scolds him and says, you have now accused the two least likely mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. in this wood of conjuring the dark mark. Yep. Me and Harry Potter. Think wisely. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, like, stay in your lane, slow down. Like, yeah. Remember where you are and who you're talking to. Stop pointing wands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and sure, they had set their wands to stun, but it was still not, you can't it's just not go. not insignificant to stun someone either. Yeah, being stupefied can really mess with someone, especially if they're weak, especially if they're a little house elf. Poor especially thing. if you're three teenagers and you're all grouped together and you're being thrown into each other. Like, it's interesting that you can literally duck a spell. I'm really curious. Like spells are so, we still haven't seen that much magic for this being like a magic series. We haven't seen that much actual like use of wands to cast spells in specific instances to like really understand what the parameters are. And apparently you can just duck one. So they move at a certain velocity, apparently. It's not speed of light. It's not speed of sound. And they're not, there's not a tracker on it. It's yeah, not it's not heat seeking. You. Yeah. So like. <laughs> it, or maybe some are. I mean, to be fair, the things that we've seen. Yeah. Are, and stupefy is like the most basic. <laughs> like, I that's, think more surprising is that ministry wizards are using it. And I mean, I, I, I guess it's it's sort of like uh, a, a muggle analog might be, um, you know, some people walking down the street with like little personal tasers, yeah, like per- yeah. personal pepper spray and cops also having ta- tasers and pepper spray and using those before yep. their guns. Like it, it's like, it, this it will might slow be the taser down. equivalent. I, yeah. I think it is. I don't think they were really slow on the, they're like throwing the big guns at them. But uh, at the same time, they were not asking enough questions or even surveying the situation enough to even know if, if stunning, was the right way to go about things. So it's, it's just (laughs) like the adrenaline and the way that that is informing their actions. It's surprising to me that stupefy is the, is what they all settled on. Do you think Mr. Weasley was one of those 20 bolts? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, granted he's, he's become my champion in these past few (laughs) chapters. So it's, it's hard for me to picture him being so brash. Hmm. I think he he is probably more practiced than most in jumping into situations that magic has gone awry and dealing with it. And he oh yeah, that's a good point. Like yeah. that that's his job, and he also is parents to the twins. Yeah, <laughs> so he yeah. gets it on both fronts. And I think based on how he deals with the twins, and based on like how he dealt with the Dursleys earlier it's he, he seems a little more pause look around assess the situation then stun if you need to yeah and just because like yeah we we know that some of those other wizards were from the ministry of magic that doesn't mean that they're actually dealing with this sort of stuff on the day-to-day i mean it might be like the the little deputy like <laughs> it might be like all the cops who usually do office work and you give them a gun and you're like all right riot go get it like they might be a little trigger happy or they might be the muscle of the ministry too 
Yeah, that's true. The ones that don't. You send into the legitimate criminal situation. Whereas, I mean, not that the stuff that Mr. Weasley deals with isn't necessarily criminal, but I I think some of it is accidental and a lot of it isn't malicious. Hmm. So I did want to. It's craftier, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's different. I don't know. I think he may have fired a shot. (laughs) I don't know. seemed like a lot of them did. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I thought it was really cool to see true action and not just Harry and Ron action, but like, like structured action. Like before, like Mr. Weasley had a plan and Percy knew it. Bill knew it. The other one, Charlie knew it. Like it was just kind of this almost unspoken or we didn't even see them decide, but like, this is the cutoff. Ron, you're the cutoff. You and everyone younger, get out of here. Percy and everyone older, we're going to go do this. And like, Ron didn't argue. Ron didn't say, well. The the fact that, that Harry and Ron didn't think better of Mr. Weasley was so perfect to me. Yeah, it, they it, didn't second guess odd. him. It yeah. was But like, I think it also lent gravity to the situation where we've seen them run at some really scary stuff yeah yeah and they took his instruction there and they they didn't make it make it personal about you know whatever we're old enough we can handle ourselves Mm -hmm. like no first of all you're not even supposed to be using magic so even if you were to jump in and help like you're not supposed to be yeah (laughs) yeah and it's literally his job mr weasley's job to help enforce some of that misuse Mm -hmm. of magic and then two, it, I don't know, that moment when like Peter and Bill and Charlie had already run toward the problem and Mr. Weasley's instructing them before he turns around and runs toward the problem. Like that was the most like epic moment that I feel like I've read in this book. And I was yeah, like, yeah. what like champions, all of you, like <laughs> your hearts are in the right places. You are not afraid. Like you are all clearly Gryffindors. Like you are running toward the action and you're going to deal with this problem that is clearly terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, clear, Like it gave me chills reading it on the page. How, how like it gave me some like images of the clan. Yeah. And it very was clan like horrifying. And to see these incredibly talented, noble, good-hearted people run toward it was just like, yeah, go get them, Weasleys. Yep, (laughs) yep. And knowing that, like, they could. uh, Yeah, I liked that a lot. Um, (sighs) But yeah, it made the situation more serious that Harry and Ron didn't decide, we have something to give to this, too. Which I guess we're also seeing, in some ways, like a maturity within them as well to where it's like you know what let's let them try first (laughs) you know what they're right yeah maybe we can sit this one out this place is crawling with ministry people and then they ended up running into malfoy who wasn't even slightly concerned Mm -hmm. not even like it which is weird like i don't care who you are if there's a bunch of people running around with wands casting magic even if you no matter what side you're on, you think you'd be a little freaked out. I don't know what his deal is. He just, it's almost so conveniently cartoonish. I have the hardest time with this guy. It, it was a little 
unbelievable he's on just the like page. leaned up against a tree should just may as well just be like eating an apple and painting a fence of like oh hey yeah funny you wander through these here parts it's it's a little bit i've been waiting for you yeah which like why what was he doing like he didn't have a view of the action he didn't Stealing have a wand oh yeah no. uh Something that I wonder is, you know, we only saw him for a brief moment Mm -hmm. when he was interacting with the trio and we didn't see him before or after. And we know his pride really matters. And so he might have put on a a cocky face. A brave face. He heard those ones coming and he put on a brave face. Oh, like. And then immediately ran. Yeah, I'm a little nervous and edgy and like I want to not be caught by the wrong people. Yeah. And I and I, you know, I want to stay okay, self-preservation, but I also <laughs> can't let these guys see that concern. Hmm. Like at the end of the day, he's probably not concerned of getting of, of being targeted. He's concerned like an errant spell will hit him. It's just weird. It just felt so it so it, convenient. It did feel a little contrived yeah. how they ran into him. And then the whole Bagman thing. Um, yeah. Where he like pops out of the bushes and like yeah. looks around like a like nervous squirrel and then like darts off somewhere else and is completely unaware of mm-hmm. half of what's mm-hmm. going on. Did you buy that? That he was unaware of what was going on? There's something mad suspicious with that guy. It's, There's something going on there. I had a hard time being like, what do you mean you don't? know about the massive crowd over there and the screams and the explosions like yeah you might be able to hear the screams and the explosions but like what are you doing in the middle of the woods yeah it was weird oh and we saw a whole like now that they've introduced us to apparating and disapparating now it's just okay that's a thing people do now all the time you may not have seen it for the last three books but trust me, people do this all the time. Well, because They've been you can't doing do it, it at Hol- You can't do it at Hogwarts. Yeah, and when they were outside of Hogwarts, it, it just, it's interesting to me that it's like this literally just never came up for three books. I mean, it did. We heard about it. Yeah. For three books, Hermione scolded Ron, saying you can't apparate in and out of Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, they planted the seed that the thing exists. I imagine the more populated an area the more difficult it is to operate because you don't want to like appear where someone already is. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but this is a chaotic situation. And so we're seeing more and more of it because chaos. And it's kind of cool to have people just popping in and popping out. Like this was the most action for the most biggest group of people we've seen period. Like most of the action to this point has been like, there's been like two or three people involved and this is everyone it's really cool this is going to be so cool in the movie if they keep this scene (laughs) yeah (laughs) it seems like a pretty important scene to leave out but we'll see what was winky's role in all this like i don't know why i'm asking you yeah what do you what do you what do we know on the page we know that the trio sees someone with a deeper voice. They hear someone, yeah. They hear someone with a deeper voice cast the dark mark. Mm-hmm. And we then see. Winky's found in the woods 
with Harry's wand. But before that, we see Winky running as though she's being, as though she's either carrying something or being carried by something. No, she's like having a hard time running anywhere because she was told to stay in the tent. Yeah, but it's explained that like her running looks as though she's being like carried. So she's by like something. running through like a thick. I thought it was like she's running through. Like, hmm. uh, like a, I imagine her running against like a really hard wind. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Let me see. But I don't remember the actual phrasing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like a wind. A rustling noise. Uh, page one twenty four. A rustling noise nearby made all three of them jump. Winky, the house elf, was fighting her way out of a clump of bushes nearby. She was moving in a most peculiar fashion, apparently with great difficulty. It was as though someone invisible were trying to hold her back. So I guess, yeah, kind of like a wind or hands grasping at her. But, like, I almost took, like, she could... Like someone was... Well, she could have been compelled. Okay, so I, on its face, I buy Hermione's story of, like, yeah, she freaked out and ran away because she really doesn't want to get floated up in the air, and she just ran away, and she, you know... Can you and, blame her? And we've her? seen how some some bigoted wizards have treated house, house elves? elves. Yeah. If they found her, she probably wouldn't. So it's like, I, I totally buy Hermione's story, but there's something to this whole winky thing. Like, somebody may have compelled her to do it, and what we heard was a deeper voice coming out of Winky's body, which I think is very possible. Um, like like someone possessed her or like used her as a yeah as yeah. a mouthpiece to grab of. Harry's wand and cast a spell and that would kind of um, give them uh, a scapegoat in a way I could totally see that um, but I don't know Winky plays a role in this I think she's gonna remember something or they're gonna be able to figure something out when she's calmed down and she's not stupefied I think we'll figure we'll figure out more from this house elf. Is it rude? To, why is it rude to call them elf? Isn't that their species? They're, I, I, did I say that? No. Oh, Hermione did in the next chapter. It was really hard for me not to mix these chapters up, by the way. There's there's a reason I put them together. Yeah. Because <laughs> Hermione's talking in the next chapter about how rude they are to the elf. And they're like, they they just kept calling it elf. And I'm like, well, I, I, it I is mean, an I think elf, it's, but it's, that's not its name. Yeah. I think it's similar to like if I, you know, if I called you human Hmm. yeah i mean yeah he's human yeah it's like (laughs) yeah yes but that is a complex species full of many factions and opinions and thought he's complicated (laughs) like dozens of us dozens (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i guess would be (laughs) (laughs) all that to say i think it probably was winky's body that cast the spell with harry's wand but something was working through her. Interesting. Um, okay. Which I don't think it was Crouch, even though that's my natural like first thought because he's the one who controls her. But I don't think that that doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like Crouch has probably been observed this whole time, and he just seems like he has nothing to gain and everything to lose. I don't know. I don't think it was Crouch. Well, that that running against the order. Mm-hmm. If Crouch told her to stay where she was, probably that what she was resisting against was his order. So if he told her to yeah, do something, yeah. she probably wouldn't have had that same resistance. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's probably not that. Okay, I was curious 
maybe this is dipping into the next chapter too, but the dark mark is cast by yelling a word and then pointing the wand upward. And the dark mark is this like complex illusion of emerald dots and it makes a skull with the serpent sticking out. And apparently not many people know how to do this and it's really complicated how is this different than an illusion spell that makes fireworks? Like, I don't, I don't get... I don't know that it's necessarily complicated. Hmm. I don't think that word was ever on the page. Okay. They said no. not many people know how to do it. Okay. Gotcha. I think it might be a situation of the people who, like, whoever created it, mm-hmm. Voldemort or someone very devoted to him. Mm-hmm. They they created this spell from nothing. Oh, yeah. Because it's his mark. Yeah. So either they created the spell from nothing or it's something very old that they uncovered and then they appropriated. Yeah. I guess that's possible too. But in order to even add like a new word to the, the deep down like dictionary of magic. Yeah. That's really complicated like if, stuff. If you create something like that's already complicated. But then if you then control who knows it. Yeah. Of like, you know, all, only our ranks know it and you cast it in secret. Like there's no, like you don't go around teaching this yeah. unless yeah. you've found a true believer. Like, yeah. I think that's the issue, not necessarily. And I would bet that the mark itself is illegal in this. Hmm. Probably. Yeah. And so if anyone tries to sit down and like conjure it to uh, like, if hmm. anybody tries to hack it, it 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 might be illegal and so you probably have fewer people trying that because of legal issues so maybe that's something that like the unspeakables have tried for a while yeah, <laughs> in the department of mysteries like we're trying to figure out how to cast the dark mark but then why also like is, is there anything else that goes with it like yeah, i can't help but wonder if when you cast up the dark mark a certain group of people are alerted or like yeah like you yeah. said something is it more... more than just a, a fake constellation in the sky it's gotta be it's gotta be some sort of complex flare that lets everyone know like it's on something other than sky graffiti <laughs> yeah <laughs> i bet it is i bet there's something more to it yeah so i think i think the fact that not a lot of people know isn't necessarily because it's complicated although it very well could be mm-hmm. like yeah the the word that we heard isn't complicated but we don't know what else goes behind it yeah yeah like it could be like when when harry was learning how to conjure a patronus like he had to dig deep in his soul to a certain place it could be something internal that we that's not evident yeah that makes sense okay okay good 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 or there could be some sort of weird potion that goes with it under it that we didn't see and no one found and they disapparated with it and yeah yeah or something that winky ingested and winky's tripping in in a day and a half she'll pass it and they'll be able to test it like (laughs) i don't like that well let's see what else is there in this chapter um i think that just about covers it Uh, Um, oh there was one other thing that i just i just want to shake ron (laughs) Oh, how he has no idea about like, any of this stuff. I mean, and to be fair, there are things that happened when I was a small child that I probably couldn't detail the the 
you know, the political leanings of the world yeah. in 1992. Like, I know a little bit about, like, Gorbachev. But, <laughs> yeah. like, very little. Um, I just... It's a little frustrating that Ron has no idea what the dark mark is. Yeah. It's like not knowing what a swastika is. But it's a little more frustrating that I think Ron's not alone. I think hmm. this is systemic where the same way that this world can't bear to say Voldemort's name, mm -hmm. they probably also haven't done a good job of teaching the next generation about what happened. I mean, we yep, and yep. we do the same thing in our own world where recent history is really difficult to teach because we're not far enough removed from it to be able to even remotely view it impartially. We yeah. can only tell our side because the other side is still at war with us in some ways. And yeah, but if there was like a newer hate group in America that had a symbol and it got to be really big and killed a bunch of people, we'd, I feel like we'd I know share about that, that with our kids pretty yeah. quick. Just, just if anything, to where it's like, don't, don't draw that, or like, what's that? And we're like, that's a, that's just, just, honey, no, that's honey, something no. you don't draw. It's for bad people, yeah. And I just, I wonder how much of that is Ron's clueless, and I wonder if the twins would be aware, like if, uh... if they were, if they were in that clearing, would they know what that was? I don't think anybody, I don't think many of the kids. I think you're right. I don't think many of them were taught it. So it's just a matter of if they stumbled into a situation where they had someone to ask. Like, I, I think it comes down to that. Like, yeah, you could pick it up by by proxy through someone else, but I don't think they're teaching it anywhere. I don't, and I don't know about teaching it. Maybe it's, that's down, that's on the parents of, you know, which, yeah. which parents deemed it. But I mean, yeah. Worthy but, of, you know, we're, we're going to, but then that's what, but why, that's just teaching why do you too. need to? Because Voldemort's gone, and no, it's just it's just frustrating. It's so frustrating to see this, and if that's the case, where very few kids have any idea what that is, you're gonna have a lot of bigger problems with your society because you're not bothering to pass down wisdom that you've learned in your own lives. Yep, but we've seen that is the wizarding world. It is like Absolutely. there's they have progressed very slowly it would ring over true. hundreds and hundreds of years Oof. i mean really there it's not it's they've gone through waves like this before yeah like voldemort's the most recent one but there's probably all sorts of stuff that they handled in the same way it's just all about tradition it's all about not rocking the boat it's all about shoot just, first ask questions later yeah yeah so i mean that doesn't surprise me at all but it is upsetting and it does make me you know takes away a little bit from the whimsy of like i wish i was a wizard because it's like no i would go crazy i would live in the i would dark go crazy there would be so many like there's not enough curiosity in this world like that's that's probably the thing mm -hmm. that's the reason that harry is fun to follow because yeah. he has a human amount of curiosity yeah and just like and on. enough drive to answer the questions and so many people just accept you know this is what i'm allowed to know yeah but man i don't think i would i'm just not the right type to thrive in that type of world i think if people told me you can never mention hitler by name i'd be like forget that i'd be saying it all the time like don't tell me like i can't it's it's fact. It's history. Like no amount of uh, 
it just really bothers me. <laughs> Don't tell me I can't speak something that's true and like, no, no, you, forget that. Do you think you would have behaved that way if someone had told you that at a very young age? I would have questioned it would, from would like a teenage age for sure. I'm, I'm just... I don't know how much contempt we can have for the Rons of the world who have been told no. from birth that, that this man is terrifying and we don't say the name. I don't know. I feel like I grew up in a pretty strong no swearing household. and Swearing, I think, is different. But because swearing is, is decorum mm-hmm. and respect and... That's all the Voldemort thing became. Like well, nobody says it. Ex- like, well, the the way you would use his name though is to reference the person. You don't use it it synonymously with a swear word. It's yeah. It's we don't speak the name of this horrifying creature almost as though if I were to say it, he would appear in front of me. I'd really like to think that I'd see through that because it's stupid. It's stupid. What saying a word? No. No, that's if somebody told me that saying Satan made it appear, I'd be like, no, that's, yeah, that's so stupid. That's a bit what it would be like. Yeah, um, and that's dumb. And I'd probably catch on that it's dumb as a teenager and be like, wait, I'm just going to say it and see if I die. And then I'd say it and I wouldn't die. And I'd be like, oh, adults are stupid. Like, I, I don't know if you realize just how much like adults, like I was so so over adults like every teenager but like really like i stopped believing that adults knew what they were doing or that they contained any sort of inherent authority at like 12 i'm like yeah like i will go along with what you say because it's easier but don't think for a second that you like somehow have earned my respect strictly because you're older like nah no, like I I haven't believed that for a very long time because it's true. There are so many stupid adults out there that say stupid things and do stupid things and don't deserve my respect. And I've noticed that for anyway. This is going no, on way no, too long. that's interesting because I, I I know that I I think I'm probably weird where I was a pretty respectful kid and I didn't question a lot for a long time. Hmm. And so it I I genuinely have no idea. I think if I were in this scenario i don't know there was a little a little rebel in me growing Mm -hmm. up and i maybe would have said the name but then i probably wouldn't have like it would have been like me swearing yeah i I didn't swear until late college oh it it took me until like late high school for some words and then late college for others i tried some out in fifth grade (laughs) because it felt dangerous and cool but it, I didn't own them. They weren't mine until yeah. like college. And I feel like I would probably treat this similarly, hmm. but I would have less reason to talk about it too. So why would I own it then? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, we got way off topic. Speaking <laughs> of swearing, uh-huh. this chapter had the thing that drives me bonkers about young adult fiction oh. and that's the like i'm gonna have a character swear but i'm gonna write around it so ron called malfoy a name that he never would have oh, said in yeah. front of mrs weasley and then draco said watch your mouth and uh mm. i was just as yeah i read that and i'm like stop stop it's yeah i'm right i've, there I've with gone you. back and forth in on the the theory behind this several times like, I don't, 
Yeah, I don't need gratuitous swearing in Harry Potter. I don't need it in young adult books necessarily. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, if if you're not comfortable writing the word, maybe your character doesn't have to do it. Or maybe you don't have to acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just... <laughs> or even, like, don't do it so cutesy. Like, Ron swore at him. The end. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but but something he would never say in front of his mother. Once upon oh. a time, I read a it was a modern adaptation of Hamlet, mm-hmm. and it was okay. Um, <laughs> I, it was a a book by a friend of a friend of a friend, and I I it wasn't the Lion King, was it? <laughs> or I, the or the, the book King that led up to the Lion King is a perfect piece of art <laughs> so no <laughs> was not that okay. um th- this was this one was okay um but that one had a cup it had one character who swore all the time hmm. and they wrote around it every single time and oh. i was just like i don't you've created this character and now you're gagging them like yeah don't just or- if you're gonna make it that frequent just lean into it just do it yeah yeah like just get yourself banned from middle school library. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, what do they know? They banned all sorts of good books. Hmm. Well, that went in a direction I was not expecting, <laughs> but I feel like it was something that needed to happen. I just... Mm. We're here for therapy, right? We're here for great books with great friends and, and therapy. And tea. And also chapter 10, Mayhem at the Ministry. But first, favorite quotes. Oh, Yeah. I'm going to look at this while you kick the cat toy out from below your legs. <laughs> um, this is probably such an easy cheese favorite quote, but I just really liked when Ron tried to tell the, what are they called? The Valir? What are they? Vila. Vila. <laughs> just when we thought we were going to dodge that situation and nobody was going to be affected by it, huh. Ron comes up and says, did I tell you I've invented a broomstick that'll reach Jupiter? <laughs> Jupiter. <laughs> it's... it's so silly. You can't breathe in space. And since when do you measure broomsticks by how far they can go before they run out of energy? You measure them by speed. And I don't know. There's just all sorts of things wrong with it. It's just such a <laughs> ridiculous claim. I love like, how that's the thing that you take issue with. Oh, that whole scene was so uncomfortable to me. I have so many problems with the Vila. It's it definitely, again, it's like, what does a, a nearing middle-aged woman think teenage boys are like? And you just bit. really get to see that revealed. And it's like, eh, you know, there's there's bits of truth to that. But like, is this why uh, I never understood the teenage boys around me? I was getting my ideas of who they were from <laughs> Joanne. <laughs> if I could just be a Vila, they would do anything to impress. Oh me. no, I don't want to be a Vila. I want to be Hermione. I can be a Vila, baby. What was your favorite quote? My favorite quote is on page one thirty-eight. Whoa! Flipping sounds. Flip, 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 flip. Um. And I mean, it it was a little, I almost laughed because of the drama with which this, this almost ridiculous phrasing is said, but it isn't, it's clearly not a happy moment. Um, (laughs) It's when 
Mr. Crouch is dismissing Winky. So he says, Winky has behaved tonight in a manner I would not have believed possible. Mm-hmm. I told her to remain in the tent. I told her to stay there while I went to sort out the trouble. And I find that she disobeyed me. This means clothes. Yes. That is a very good line. And just, and it's in italics and it just, it feels like, you know, if you step away from it and you don't know the context, you almost want to laugh at it. Yeah. But the gravity of the situation is very real. Like Winky takes it and it's, it's excruciating the way that she reacts to it where she's, she's screaming no 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 not not clothes i can't handle that so is she going to be set free so she can stand trial or i don't know about the trial part why is she being set free why can't he just command her to do what she needs to do next she's disobeyed him he's already commanded her to do something and she did something different so he's like well like clearly like you have found ways around like your determination or hmm. whatever yeah. to disobey me was so strong that you were able to do it. Man. But you're we've gone. Already baked in that she's so willing to go against her fears. Like, there's definitely something to this. Because we just established last chapter she would never do that. So yeah, I think she's something made her such a true believer yeah. in the system and Yeah. What what's gonna happen to Winky? Well, I don't know. We find out a little bit more in chapter 10. (laughs) The Ministry of Madness. No, no, that's not quite right. It is mayhem at the ministry. That's right. So what happens in chapter 10? Not a lot. (laughs) No, no, this is a shorter one. This makes this episode possible. (laughs) (laughs) This episode brought to you by a long chapter and a short one. Yay. Harry and Hermione spend their final weeks of vacation at the borough. And Mr. Weasley is rarely around while he's on damage control at the ministry. Yay. Uh, Yeah, we get to see a lot of Percy. We get to see, again, like the relationship between Mr. Weasley and Percy. It just further deepened where it's like there's so much more peers now. And good on Percy. He's worked hard. He's very young to be doing this stuff. But Mr. Weasley very much takes him seriously. And it's just nice to see... Even though it's like, this is a lot of stress for a kid to be taking on, but he lives for it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, This was good. I thought for a second Harry was going to have a brain blast and remember everything. It's getting really, really difficult Mm. to hear Bertha Jorkins over and over and over and over and over again. Yep, yep. And for that to not... For Harry to just not even interact with it. Yep. He still he still hasn't hypothesized what's happened to her. He hasn't gotten curious about it. Nope. And that none of them care. <laughs> I mean, if you think they'd just get bored and just try to dig in, or like you they think do. they'd tune out. Like I, I would almost buy if the narrator just sort of wrote around it and like gave us a couple of words of conversations and mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a conversation that's happening, and Harry and Ron and Hermione are huddling talking about Sirius and Harry's scar and yeah, they're yeah. doing that. And meanwhile, this other conversation that occasionally we get a couple of words from registers like that would feel a little more realistic. And then Harry talked about his scar, but left out some of the really important stuff. Just, and it's mm, like, stop doing Harry. everything halfway. <laughs> stop. Ah. Give the whole, I mean, <sighs> I just don't get it. I don't get it. Just, just tell the story you're, 
don't. But don't tell half the story. Whatever. I mean, I I do get that Harry's probably getting sick of being the person who's always the target. Yeah. And he just desperately doesn't want to be the target. And so if I, like, I can control. I can control whether my friends see me as a potential target. Mm -hmm. I can do that. But... Yeah, <sighs> it's getting so frustrating. Yeah. I, how how long do you think it'll be until he tells Ron and Hermione? By the way, the plot to kill someone is me. <laughs> I'm the plot. Actually, I don't even think he told them if there was a plot to kill someone. No, just he that didn't. his scar hurt that and that it. Voldemort was there. And he remembered something about Voldemort and the rat was there too. And that they kills killed someone. Mm, I don't Did know. you remember that part? Mm, mm, mm. I don't know. I was getting so frustrated at that point. I'm like, Harry, stop. But just, or or whatever. don't stop. Stop stopping yourself. <laughs> like Yeah, just let it go. Paint and... the full picture. But it played out exactly how he pictured it, which good for him, I guess. And yeah, he drops the bomb that like, oh, by the way, Voldemort was in my dream. And then three days later, a whole bunch of Death Eaters. Do you think it meant something? Oh, yeah. We found out the term Death Eater. We didn't know that before. Yeah. Did you know that before? No. I didn't know that Is before. Is that new? It's I, new to me. I meant to ask you. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I just, I, I was trying to think about all of the different, you know, terror groups and the names that they call themselves and just like, why they got to be so explicit? Like, like they're just mustache Death twirlingly eaters. evil. Like black hoods. It's, it's really like as, like as even, far as you can even go. Even like the hell's angels are a little bit better than the death. A little bit. Yeah. Because at least there's a contradiction there. Yeah. Like, well, kind they, of, they sound a little bit like rock band or, you know, yeah, oh, the, I'm sure Death Eater has to be a metal band. The, the, the angels sort of lifts it of, you know, it could be. It could be something that's not all terrible. Yeah, yeah. But you hear Death Eater and you're like, okay, yeah, those guys graduated from the Academy of Evil. Yep. <laughs> like, obviously. <laughs> it's a weird Do I want to go to the Academy of Evil? I don't know. I might just go to Hogwarts. <laughs> and how do they even pick that name? What death are they eating? I don't... Whatever. It's yeah. It was uh, bad naming. I I mean I I can all allow it because obviously I have to. Yeah. But I just I'm trying to I'm trying to think like I mean I guess Voldemort did come up with his name by just swapping letters around. So maybe he came up with the Death Eater name the next year. That's like, true. He did. It might have been a terrible 15 year old boy decision. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. That's book two, isn't it? Book two. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I completely blanked on how much of a nerd Voldemort is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, we're the ones with the podcast talking about Harry Potter, and this guy's the nerd. The, this, this guy's the one who's anagrammed his name to I am Lord Voldemort. So <laughs> I'm just Slay's Llamas. <laughs> Slay's Llamas. Uh, did, you, did you find yourself wanting to defend Rita Skeeter, though? No, I, uh, and her yellow journalism. I found myself wishing that a single journalist in fiction ever would be portrayed well. Yeah, it would be portrayed just well. Every single time they're, they're in a fictional story, they're just terrible people. Yeah. 
that yeah. this is she's about as bad as as the journalist in House of Cards. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. I bet she'll be played by a more talented actress, though. Uh, <laughs> no offense to Zoe. Was that her name? Mara, I think. Mara. Uh, Kate Mara? Kate, yeah. yeah. I don't remember. Uh, whatever. I only watched the few episodes. I hated it so much. <laughs> that show was so stressful. And then I stopped watching after the second season, and then I was all like, so I'm kind of spacey. Anyway. anyway uh, <laughs> yeah, I just finished listening to a podcast it's a few seasons long and it's kind of a journalist and she ends up doing all these cases with, I don't want to spoil it, but with a scientist type person. And like on one of the last episodes, it ends with like her being like, or you could just run away with me. And you're kind of like left hanging where it's like, Oh, are they going to run away together? And I'm just like, what? (laughs) Like nothing has been Where were the seeds for this? I'm like, what's been hinting? Like, what like no of all the endings of this like there were, the stakes were high people were dying all sorts of stuff was happening and then it comes down to run away with me i'm like what what's this podcast called i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna ruin it for people no what's the podcast called i'm not it's a spoiler that's a major spoiler i'm not gonna say on air i'll tell you after the the name of the podcast yeah if i say the name of the podcast i just spoiled the ending <sighs> The podcast You're... only exists for that storyline. <sighs> okay. I'll, I'll tell you after. My, my neurotic Googling can happen later. I'll tell you I after. Just, I, I just, there's there's a huge part of me that wants to listen to this podcast and then point out all of the seeds that you missed and be like, Clark, you missed all the signs. Oh, that'd be fine. We could talk about it. It's a good podcast. Um, I really enjoyed it. The ending just kind of threw me for a loop. But that also had a journalist who just kind of like couldn't, focus i'm like stop take your biases out of this but well this one is so we we've read the daily prophet before we've seen it in print a few Mm -hmm, times mm -hmm. and i have not been impressed (laughs) Um, yeah and now we have a byline to go with some of those terrible stories and yeah it's bad it's and i mean i don't know the things that she's printing and the things that we know, we know that she's got the wrong story. Yeah, totally. And that, and that no doubt, happens in journalism all the time. I, I hear from people all the time who ha- are frustrated that, you know, you didn't get the whole story because you didn't talk to this side. And my answer to that is we tried to talk to that side and they wouldn't talk to us. Yeah. And we told them we're running the story because we have to. Because at some point you have to acknowledge a thing that is in the zeitgeist. And... But- but. That side wouldn't talk to us. And so, yes, I acknowledge that the story is crippled, but mm-hmm. when the other side won't talk to us, when they're gagged or when they're contemptuous, then... Which it, is a lot these days. They won't talk to you because you don't represent their side well enough. It's like, yeah. So therefore, they're not going to, to talk so to me so I can represent your side. Yeah. And so I wonder how much of Rita's issue is that... She's working with the ministry, which is probably a pretty buttoned up organization as far as releasing information. And so she's trying to triangulate like, okay, I think this is what happened. And of of my few confidential sources, this is what I figured out. It's like, yeah, 
But at the same time, like she's getting stuff so like it. Her reporting is fear mongering. Yeah, totally. It's, it's far, meant to whip people into a frenzy. And she's not. I don't believe that she's operating from the greater good, just based on what I what I'm yeah. reading and and the ways that people are casting her stories. And yeah, that I'm getting it filtered through characters. Yeah, who don't like her and don't like the public eye on them. But we got to see snippets of her writing, and it that seems to be the case. She's it's, just not. she's stirring up trouble yeah and i mean if we didn't have a freedom of information act it'd be curious to see how we handled that as well it's tough it's tough especially i mean we've already decided they have way fewer rights than we do Mm -hmm. like wizards it's not so and and they're in the uk which leans into their biased news organizations too and so um as far as neutrality and fairness goes, less is expected of journalists over there. Yeah. So it's, it's just kind of an accepted part. And yeah, the news would be loathsome if that's all it was. Yeah, it'd be terrible. It's, it, the it's world's, all, I mean, it's already not great, but... The be... world's frightening enough <laughs> without the people telling the stories trying to frighten you more. Yeah, totally. Totally. <sighs> so that's... That. That's my journalism rant. Thanks yep. for asking. Yeah, you know, I figured I figured you may have something to say. <laughs> uh, and Hermione has a lot to say about house elves. We get to see that fleshed out a bit more. Um, I feel like the obvious question is like, so is this slavery? And uh, yeah, technically, yeah. It, I mean, it'd be servanthood if they were paid, but they're not. So it's slavery. Um, Even if they're happy... Yep. Like, yeah, slave owners thought that, you know, as long as they put a roof over their head and gave them food, slaves are happy. Nothing wrong. I don't know. What is it? Um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be that person. Okay. It's, it's like that. There's, there's always that one commenter on our stories at work who says, well, next you'll be able to marry your dog. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Is your dog a slave? You don't pay your dog. Yeah, but dogs don't have the sentience, and they don't speak the a language. And dogs clearly is that enjoy your own it. human contempt? Do do people view house elves as lesser beings who aren't as? Oh, certainly. Like that, they. I think these wizards view house elves as lesser beings who have less personal desires. Oh, I think so, but that's stupid. I mean, if our dogs could speak English, do you really think we'd still have dogs in the role we did? Probably, yeah, is, but there would be a group of people. speaking our language the threshold? It would certainly make a difference. It would make a difference, but should it should that be the threshold? I think that if we were able to clearly communicate back and forth, I think that's a pretty big threshold. I don't think it's the only one. I mean, who knows? Maybe they could communicate with us, but we'd realize they're totally stupid, and we'd still just keep them as pets because we're like oh sometimes he says stuff but he's really stupid so we'll just keep him in his <laughs> position you know but like if they can exhibit like unhappy i don't know there's a threshold whatever the threshold is house elves should really pass it yeah i mean like, I, i'm not I, I, at the end of the day hermione has a great point and yeah. it's really frightening that these lovely caring people of the weasleys are are able to defend yeah the system like that they're so entrenched and have not been challenged in their beliefs they've not been taught to think for themselves in that way and 
aren't i mean they're they're open to debating with her but yeah. they debate to win yeah and they've their minds made up i think there is something really telling to the idea that that humans own magic and we see that in the previous chapter where they mention that non-humans can't have wands mm-hmm. now there are a lot of things that are humanoid look at uh can centaurs have centaurs. wands I don't know if centaurs can have wands. I think that's a hard no. Yeah. Centaurs are not human. Yeah. So centaurs can't have it. Um, gnomes? Gnomes have to be able to use wands. Don't we? Isn't there a gnome teacher at Hogwarts? Uh, uh, dwarves, I think, is what you're talking about. Uh, okay. Um, or goblins? Goblins? I thought there was one of the teachers that was like a really small guy. There's a really small fellow. I don't know that they've talked about whether he's human Hmm. i would bet that he is human maybe he's part goblin Hmm. but the whole notion that humans that non-humans can't have wands that speaks volumes to this universe Mm -hmm. humans own magic which like makes that's like that's like humans owning religion just because like we've poured the most words into it we somehow own it where it's like or not even religion. Humans, like, humans do own religion, but like humans owning God or like the idea of the universal rules that surround us belong to us simply because we define some of them. I don't know. I think the analog is a little bit more like humans owning electricity. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess because, they did set up the mechanisms to make it possible. but Because wands are... Of focusing in a, in a control. But humans aren't even inherently magical. There are plenty of creatures that are magical naturally, and humans aren't even that. So it's like, well, some of them, but I guess I think it's messed up that oh, non-humans yeah. can't have wands. And I think it speaks to, to, the, to the culture that they've decided that everything is lesser than humans. And everything can't even be trusted with a wand because who knows what could happen if you give them a little bit of power. We're the we're the only ones who can handle this responsibility, clearly. So, yeah. I think this culture is very racist. Very... <laughs> speciesist. Very speciesist. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, of course they treat house elves terribly. Why wouldn't they? They treat everything but humans as lesser. Even half-giants. Which, like, giants are just big humans. But if, if you're a half-giant, it's still, like, you're kind of regarded as dumb and lesser. And, and their contempt isn't even restricted to non-humans. I mean, yeah, then yeah. you've got the issue of magical blood. Yeah, and that's a whole thing. And, yeah, so, anyway. But, but yeah, that's the, not... that's the bleeding over of, like, the Weasleys are able to understand, well, yeah, Magic is for us and not for them. Yeah. Really similarly to how Malfoy says magic is for us and not for them. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. there are concentric circles of, of who these wizards think magic should be allowed. Yeah. For, and, and yeah, I I'm, do I'm wonder... like in the non-circle outside of, you know what, let's just like, as long as people don't harm each other. <laughs> like... I think if you give the centaurs a wand, it would be hilarious. I think you'd see some great and wonderful things. I think if you tried to give centaurs wands now, 
they wouldn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. I think if, you know, a billion years ago, someone gave a centaur a wand, we would be in a very different world. Yeah. But perhaps that bridge is burned to the point that there's two-way contempt. Yeah. We'll see. It's just centaurs can't be bothered with wizards. <laughs> They're a little busy these days looking at the stars. Mars is bright tonight. Oh, I miss my centaurs. <laughs> I wonder if they'll come back. I wonder if there's a giant spider in this book. Um, okay, so the house elves debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Mr. Crouch. Yep. We yep. talked about Rita Skeeter. We mm-hmm. talked about Bertha Jorkins. And our characters talked about all four of those things in the living room in this sort of lovely scene at the same time. Like it was a lot of debate happening and a lot of unrest, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. there was something just really homey about that scene of everybody like, like people sitting on the floor and Mr. Weasley eating his dinner in the chair and talking about his day and just like a really open welcome. There were no secrets in that family and... And even, I mean, he told the kids about stuff that, I mean, even the stuff with the house elf, yeah, they were there for part of it, but he could have said, like, no, we're not going to talk about that. That's just like, yeah, whatever you saw, forget about it. We're not going to talk about it. That's up to the mystery. But no, he met them where they're at, and he he trusted them to, um, I think he needed some outsiders he could talk to about it. I think he needed the therapy. I think he needed the community. So to push that away and say, well, we can't talk about that. I don't think he had that in him anymore. It's been a long month, you know? Well, I think- and, and his family is an extension of him. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. And so, you know, you, you don't inform a whole branch of the family and you end up with other problems in the house where yeah. you have uninformed people who aren't trusting you and they're skeptical and perhaps behaving on their own and making their own decisions that contradict whatever he's doing. Yep. And if you try to lie, the clock's just going to tell on you. <laughs> that thing is powerful. <laughs> Holy cow. I mean, really being able to know where everybody is, I, I, there's gotta be a way to like deceive it or trick it or something because the twins, I mean, they've, they've found out ways around it, but that's powerful. I wonder if the, the, the locations on the clock change over time. Hmm. Like if it evolves based on, okay, these are the people that we have. Each person here has a hand. And if this person like is, is going here a lot, does that eventually like grow its own spot? I kind of doubt it. I feel like it has nine hands. Interpreting like, oh, you're working. So you're working. Yeah, I think it's probably old enough and simple enough because they they don't have massively fancy stuff. I feel like this is relatively It's an antique. Antique. Yeah, so I feel like it's it's like basic enough that they had to go through for every person and be like, "All right, where do you work? Where is your home? Where is this?" You know, it's like setting up my thermostat where I had to tell it every single day what minute I wanted to do what, instead of just saying like, all right, Monday through Friday, do this weekends, do this. I had to go through every day, multiple time periods throughout the day. And, uh, I feel like the clock's like that. I feel like if you change your workplace, you have to go change the clock (laughs) and tell it like, okay, new workplace. And it would be like, okay, (laughs) just like that. 
I don't know. That clock's powerful, though. It freaks me out. I don't know. I mean, the, the workplace that it says is like, it just says at work. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, it's generalized enough that it could work for most people. Yeah. But that's the part where it's like, okay, well, what, what about the places where people go that third home aren't included Uh, there's like 12 positions on the clock they they probably got most of them work school leisure travel home home i mean there's like five extra slots there so i don't know i think it's it gives you a broad enough idea i I thought it was interesting though that clock i kind of like the idea of the clock evolving a new location over time like it it's smart I think it'd be nice if, like, a little tiny, like, little Harry Potter hand started poking out, like, Harry. I don't know where she is. I don't know where you went. Oh, that's sweet. We have a rogue kitten really wanting playtime right now. So I may just scoot us forward to favorite quotes for chapter 10. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask you one thing, though. Okay. Harry and Ron get dress robes. Oh, <laughs> Uh, what are those for <laughs> what are those uh some sort of ceremony graduation ceremony um some sort of field trip uh i don't know but it's gonna be real funny it's gonna be really funny poor ron poor ron poor ron it's I just those are uh, bad like so bad. i get that mom could only like she had to choose from the second hand and the pickings were slim. Yeah. But like she's savvier than that. Yeah, like get an old robe. I'm sure you sure there's gotta be an old robe and do some like, spell on it to up. make it bright green. Yeah. Yeah. If the only difference between Harry's was it was a different color, you're telling me you can't buy an old robe and you can't change buy its regular color. Ro- yeah, you can't buy regular robes <laughs> and I don't buy it for a second. And and some ribbon or something yeah, and yeah. No, I didn't I didn't buy that. I think this is purely a comedic crutch and it's setting it up for a later bit. And you know what? This is a kids book. You can have your silly little moment. That's fine. Whatever. But you're not going to convince me that that's actually like what would happen in real life. Yeah, I guess it's true if if they just played that straight and if she did make a smarter choice, it would be like, what's the story? Yeah, what's worth mentioning? Yeah, there's there's, I mean, this is the thing that you do when you're a writer of okay, what's the absolute worst that I could do to this character in this moment? Okay, mm-hmm, do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like yeah, I could make this logical and I could spare him some some emotional pain yep and some embarrassment but But why would i do that because i'm the writer (laughs) that doesn't make for compelling stories at all everything worked nah nah no one wants that uh second yes that's all i had all right favorite quotes uh Alyssa, you can go first this time yay this I think is... we picked the same quote at first. We did. And, then and you so I, I picked a different one. Oh, thanks, um, Alyssa. But it was hard because this was not the not not a quotey chapter. Yeah, not the most pretty pretty words. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. good with words. Yep. Um. So my favorite quote is, uh, it's, I think Mr. Weasley, and he's ranting about. Rita Skeeter. Page 148. And he reads this he reads a story aloud and it's terrible. And it's and it's 
talking about him, but it doesn't directly talk about him. And then at the top of page 148, he, he defends how she's wrong and he just rips it apart. Mm -hmm. So he hands the paper to Percy and he says, nobody was hurt. What was I supposed to say? Rumors that several bodies were removed from the woods. Well, there certainly will be rumors now that she's printed that. (laughs) And it's just, it felt very like, hmm, appropriately saucy. I liked it. Yeah. Yep. And he's right. You know, nobody was saying that or maybe yeah. not very Why many Why would you so... print a rumor? You don't print a rumor. I know people who do this actually. Yeah. And, and it just makes me so angry. Do not print rumors. Then you are literally spreading rumors. That's like, all you're doing. You, you have not vetted anything. That is literally your job. That is why the public trusts you. Fantastic. Rage. What's uh, your favorite quote, Clark? <laughs> mine was 157. We both thought this was fun. It's referring to Ron's dress robes, and Ron says, I will not wear them. And Mrs. Weasley says, fine, Miss, snapped Mrs. Weasley, go naked. And Harry, make sure you get a picture of him. Goodness knows I could do with a laugh. Burn. Yeah, I like it. It's funny. Mom's had enough. <laughs> yep. And you were going to make fun of your son and good because he should grin and bear it and then complain later to Harry. Don't complain right to your mom. She's trying. I mean, like, my he- mom got me a shirt. She was at Walmart and she randomly got me a shirt. And, like, it's not something I'm going to wear. And I said, thank you. I appreciate that. I will wear this to work and get paint on it. And that's okay because, you know, that's I need those too. I need those shirts too. So thank you. That's a little bit different of I can actually find a use for this. Yeah, I guess if I had, like if she got me a really, really ugly shirt like and then I knew that I had to wear that. A too. shirt lined with moldy lace. Uh, yeah, that is different. Sad. And there's no magic that can... I, I really don't understand magic in this world. <laughs> it can do everything but freshen up a garment. But the things that you really need it to. Yeah. It can do everything but change the size. I, I mean, the used clothes market should be like, yeah, you can buy something three sizes too big and just shrink it down. Because why not? Why not? It's whatever. I imagine shrinking is easier than growing. You can change a matchbook into a mouse. You can shrink a garment a size. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this whole thing, uh, this, uh, it's a kid's book. <laughs> it's it's very much a kid's book. But yes, I very much did like mom washing her hands of it. Yep. Fine. Fine. Go All naked. Right. Yeah. I don't care. Great. Take a picture. I did my job. I wonder like for whatever thing that they have to wear dress robes for, mm-hmm. like is there really a penalty for just wearing your school robes? Yeah, who's gonna, like, who's really going to check not? that? They're black. Everybody looks good in black. Yep. Yep. I don't get <laughs> it. Dress down. Go cowboy. Put a scarf on. Um, is this a baptism? Is that <laughs> like <laughs> Is that what we're going to? Is there a wizard baptism? They're going to dunk him. Uh... <laughs> oh, that reminds me of the office where <laughs> The secretary's under the water for a long time, and she comes up and she's like, "I did it! I ate two apples." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, this has been fun and full of rants, and wow, this chapter brought us to all sorts of places. 
and I'm glad that you were there to go there with me, Alyssa. There's... That was a sentence. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, next episode, we're going to read chapters 11 and 12. Yes. And then the chapters after the episode after that will be chapters 13 and 14. So get reading. So we're sticking with two chapters at a time for now. We'll see. It'll be two chapters at a time for the next three episodes. Yay. We'll break. We'll break that mold. Ah, All the glitters is gold. Well, it's been a good time. Uh, Please, please, please reach out to us at WordStruckPod on Twitter. We also have an email address. Instagram is at WordStruckPod. Our email is WordStruckPodcast at gmail.com. And I'm Adelissa Small. And I (laughs) am Clark Hodges. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.